Podcast Answer Man, episode number 191. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this is the podcast that I come to you each week and answer all of your questions related to podcasting and new media. Not only do we talk about the technology of podcasting, but we also talk about the business end of things. If you're podcasting for your business, we can talk about how to build your brand, how to monetize your efforts, if that's something that you're interested in doing. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of other things to talk about here. So, uh, of course, this is our 191st episode, and I cannot tell you how thankful I am each and every week to be uh, the recipient of all of your questions that come in on the voicemail feedback hotline. Of course, if you ever want to ask a question for this show, you can submit your question via audio only. Uh, you can do that by giving us, giving us a call at 859-795-4067. Again, the phone number 859-795-4067. And of course, if you're a podcaster, chances are you might already have a microphone and, um, and the ability to record your own audio and something better than an 8,000 hertz telephone sampling uh, quality uh, recording. And so if that's the case, why don't you just go ahead and record something and put it into an MP3 format. Try your best to... Now, I know I'm talking to podcasters here, right? But please do me a favor. If you can make it two minutes or less, preferably, that would be excellent. Okay? Just, Just if you could do that for me, that would be great. Uh, you can send your audio attachment via an email to feedback at gspn.tv. Now, you know what's funny is I think last week I kind of ended the very last part of the show by saying, you know, don't throw all your contact information in the front. And I just totally, have, you know, did what I told somebody else not to do. But anyway, I, I, I do love getting your feedback. And if you want to send it in, that's great. If you want to email me personally, though, uh, understand this feedback goes to a different place. Go to um, cliff at ravenscraft.org, actually cliff at podcastanswerman.com goes to the same place as the other one so uh that's how you can get in touch with me i'd love to work with you one-on-one if that's uh something you'd like to do anyway got a great show today we're going to talk about um you know we're going to sample somebody's recording uh sample recording the first recording of a heil pr40 that they just got uh we're going to answer the question of why didn't i join a network for podcasting uh how do you build relationships with your existing existing audience and that's something i talk about quite often and the question about, I've got a question about the launch. And uh, I've only skimmed through that that recording, so hopefully I'll be able to uh, have a great understanding of the question and provide some answers to that um, for Gene. And of course, uh, we have another question about podcast awards. Should we care about them and how do we get them? So if any of that sounds interesting to you, then stick around for this entire episode And who knows, at the end of these questions, I might even have something to say myself. I don't have anything written down yet, but who knows? You never know. And if none of that sounds interesting to you, then maybe tune in next week. I'll be back with more. Well, and and by the way, and if you don't like those questions, then why not submit your own? Phone number was at the front of the show, and I'll also give it to you at the end as well. Hey, talking about that, I am going to go to my good friend, which, by the way, I haven't heard from my friend Lee Andrew in quite some time. So I was so excited to open up the voicemail feedback uh, hotline 
uh, email address uh, where everything goes to and see that he actually emailed me an attachment of a recording. And my friends, listen to this. Hello, Cliff. It's Lee Andrew. Uh, I'm coming to you with my brand new Heil PR40 microphone that I got this morning. Uh, original package, you know, with a little uh, case around it and the, um, yeah, the adapter that comes along. Yeah, you can actually screw onto a tripod or a boom arm. Anyway, um, I'm still going to have to sh- save up for the shock mount and the boom arm, but right now I'm just happy that I can actually, um, you know, use the microphone and finally get some more videos out with uh, better quality. Now, the only issue that I have right now is that the fast track that I'm using, because I don't have a, um, well, I don't have a mixer right now, and the fast track right now isn't really the best. I can sort of limit what goes in, you know, um, so it doesn't peak too much, but uh, somehow I don't believe that the actual quality is there. Um, now, this recording that I'm sending you now has actually gone through the Audition's multiband compressor preset, and um, I'm recording with negative 12 dB, I think, because that's what it's showing me while uh, you know after I've recorded it. So, uh, yeah, I've gone through the multiband compressor and I'm listening to the final quality and somehow I believe it still doesn't sound as good as your recordings do, uh, you know, when I have it going through my subwoofer system. Now, my studio headphones, it sounds fantastic. I mean, my recording sounds exactly like yours, like Leo Lavort's, and just whenever I put it over my, um, yeah, my hi-fi system, my recording just doesn't sound anywhere near as good as yours or Leo's. Now, it might be also that you're using, a, a, you know, a separate compressor or something like that. Uh, I don't quite know. Maybe there's some things that I've forgot or some hints and tips you could maybe give me for, you know, enhancing my, uh, well, Adobe Audition settings, perhaps. But other than that, um, you know, just very, very happy that I finally got it and uh, would like to get your feedback on this audio recording. So until then, Cliff, hope to see you soon. Take care. Well, Lee, like I said, very good to hear from you, my friend. And I want to say that the, you know, for for just getting the thing hooked up, pulled out of the the box, and and trying to tweak some settings and stuff like that, it, it's sounding pretty good. Uh, certainly sounds better than any kind of uh, condenser microphone. There's no question about that. Um, you know, and again, folks, I, I want you to understand something. Cliff, and oh my gosh, Cliff's going to talk about himself in the third person. Uh, people hate that. But anyway, Cliff is never going to give you. Uh, criticism unless you ask for it. All right. That's something. I, well, okay. Unless you're Leo Laporte. But anyway, um, <laughs> I apologize. So here's the deal though. Um, Lee, you asked, you, you asked me to evaluate. You asked me to, to listen to this. And so, and, and by the way, he didn't ask me to do, I mean, this was actually just an email sent, but I did ask him since then. I said, do you mind if I give you the feedback on podcast answer? And he said, he's cool with that. So, so here's, here's my feedback. Um, a little bit hot. A little bit hot on the microphone. There were there are a couple points where your audio seemed to have peaked out or or reached the limit of well, you know, I mean, you know enough about audio, but but if you listen to it, there's a couple spots where you were right up on the microphone and it was just a little bit too hot. Now, one of the things that I do when I'm recording, uh, first and foremost, I want to let you know I, I I am going straight from my microphone and then I go into the mixer. Now, I do bring my audio. Um, out of, you know, using a, the insert cables in the back. I, I use an insert cable to bring the audio out of the mixer and then I bring it through my compressor limiter gate and then I bring it back into the mixing board and then it goes straight into the digital audio recorder. Now, yes, there is, a, there, I am doing a little bit of compression and I am certainly doing limiting on, uh, my, my audio. Uh, so that, you know, my, my audio doesn't peak if I get really loud. 
Uh, so it, it kind of just stays there and I don't have to worry about, you know, adjusting audio up and down when I get excited because I get excited a lot. Um, and of course, I do love the fact that I have a gate and all that. So I do use it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to reach back here and I'm going to unplug this thing. And uh, so this is what it sounds like when I don't have the compressor limiter gate plugged in. Now, to be honest with you, it's been a very long time since I have uh, done this. Now, if I listen closely, I've got the mic gained up quite a bit. I can kind of hear some background noise. I can hear myself breathing, you know, in between my thoughts. And so, uh, you know, it, it's it's a little bit different. I mean, obviously, I don't have that big, boomy radio. Well, I could, I, I could still do, I can still do the big radio voice and 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 do things. But the the compressor does some of that stuff for me. So this is what it sounds like. Now, here's the thing: the folks who are the folks who are listening to this live. The, th- the folks who are listening to this live right now, they are able to tell a drastic difference between this right here without the compressor limiter gate and now, and now uh, they can tell the difference that my voice sounds uh, fuller bodied and stuff like that. Now, I'm not quite sure how that's going to sound in in the recording because to be honest with you i'm going to uh, i'm going to do the entire multi-band compressor through over this entire file and it, there there you may be able to tell a difference between what i was just doing and what um you're hearing right now but uh when i send this over to my assistant she's actually going to process this file through adobe audition and the whole thing is going to have this big huge compression done on it so we'll 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 have to see matter of fact i'll have to remember to go in and check in after amy processes this for me uh i'll go about nine minutes into the show and can kind of see how that sounds now here's the deal i don't think you need a compressor limiter gate especially i think you said you do use adobe auditions and i'm pretty sure you do and so you have the multi-band compressor that you do not need that piece of equipment in the chain unless you want the effects of uh you know, the gate and the limiter. Um, but really, I think, honestly, what you could do is two things. Now, and I believe you might be recording into a digital audio recorder. If you are, number one, I never allow my voice to get above negative 6 dB. All right, so that's number one. I don't try to get my audio all the way up to the P, to the, you know, to the, to the limit that it can go. I always try to hit somewhere between 12 and 6, negative 12 and negative 6 decibels on my Ederol display. And so that way, when the multiband compressor does do some compression, which one of the things it's going to do is also boost the audio, it's not going to boost it above the peak line. And, and of course, I do do a, I do do. Stephanie's got me uh, thinking about that every time I you say do do uh, because that was something in an episode of Friends. And that's a if you're if you ever watched Friends, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but anyway, or at least that episode of Friends, which happens to be the only episode of Friends I ever watched. Anyway, back to the show here. Squirrel. And that's, of course, a reference to the, the movie Up um, by Pixar. Yeah. So the other thing is, is that it seemed to me like your your bass was was awful high. And I'm not sure if you're on your mixer settings. What I would do is maybe tweak your and by the way, on my mixer, there's a high mid and low EQ. And so here's here's my my low on my mixer is turned up to three o'clock. That's where I keep mine. But uh, what I would do, and see, this is me turning the low all the way down, and this is right here, me turning the low all the way up as high as it will go. And, of course, I don't want to do that, so I'm going to turn that back to right around 3 o'clock. My suggestion is, first, try turning off the, um, uh, (coughs) excuse me, 
uh, try turning off the um, or turning down the the low on the mixer. And the other one is if you're ha- if you happen to be using my secret soft inside of Adobe Audition on Audition, when you go into the multi band compressor under the broadcast settings on band one, the output gain. Uh, if it's at two, try turning it down to one and see if that doesn't help you out. Hopefully, these things will help you out. So, uh, but anyway, I'm very excited for you. I know that you just got the Heil out and uh, and have been playing around with it. There's no doubt in my mind. It'll take you a little bit to get it tweaked exactly the way you want to hear it. A couple recordings. I'd say by the time you play around with it with you know five or six sample recordings and you adjust a couple things, you're going to get it just right. And I will tell you, Father Roderick, which by the way, I'm recording this show at the same time that I would normally do uh, Balanced Living Weekly with Father Roderick, but he's not feeling well, and so I'm doing this show here. And I say that for the benefit of uh, the chat room that's re- listening live. And I also say it to you guys to say uh, Father Roderick is is a good friend of mine. He, he and I do a podcast together uh, called Balanced Living Weekly, and also um, he's he's been around and one of he was one of my greatest sources of inspiration back when I first got started. Uh, check out sqpn.com whenever you get a chance uh, and see some of the shows that are over there. Anyway, he had been using a condenser microphone forever. And when he was visiting here in the States, um, I guess it was last year sometime, he ordered a high LPR 40 from me. And I shipped that out to him uh, to, to where he was staying. And he took it back. And it took him probably about a week and a half, two weeks before he finally got it the way that it sounds good. And today his shows sound amazing, and he has the high LPR 40 sound, and it is very good. All right, so next up, we're going to turn over to Kim, and Kim's going to ask something about why I didn't join a network. Let's see. Hi, this is Kim from West Virginia in the chat room, and this is for the podcast Answer Man. Um, Cliff, I was wondering why when you um, started podcasting, you didn't join a um, podcast networks such as Blueberry or um, you know, any kind of pod group. Do you, uh, was, it a, uh, was it a decision you thought about or you just were, went solo and, you know, never joined one? I'm, I'm just curious on what your uh, reason behind not joining one was, if you did have a reason. Anyway, if you've already talked about this in a previous podcast, just direct me to it. And um, I hope you have a good day. Thank you. Kim, thank you very much for the question. And it is a great question and and one I'm happy to share with you. Um, Back in the old days of when I was just podcasting as a hobby, I was doing the Lost Podcast. You can check it out at lostpodcast.com regarding the TV show Lost. That's how I got my start in podcasting. And um, I was was approached by Adam Curry over at what was then podshow.com. And uh, today they're called Mevio, M-E-V-I-O.com. Anyway, I was approached by, by Adam Curry, and he says, hey, I would, I would love to bring you on as one of our premier um, network uh, shows. You know, I love what you and Stephanie are doing with the Lost Podcast, and I, I know you guys got a huge audience, and by golly, we can, we can monetize this thing. We can, we can get advertisers in there, and, and uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to bring you on board. And... Uh, at that time, they they were helping people, and um, they were—I mean—helping people in a big way. I know Callie Lewis was able to quit. Callie and her husband at the time, Neil, was able to quit their jobs and and do 
podcasting full time with geekbrief.tv and and a couple other people were doing really well over there and uh i got i they sent me the contract to look over and i got the contract and and you know i, I did sign a non-disclosure that i wouldn't share the contract or what the contract said but i will just say, share with you this i didn't like what the contract said so because I, because i did agree to them that i would keep that information confidential i'll just share that i didn't like what the contract said now i think that that uh had i really wanted to join their network i could have probably made revisions to what that contract said and and suggested you know hey if you make these revisions i can uh you know i'd i'd love to you know pursue this further but i, I at that point i just decided not to for me the main benefit of being with the network over there at pod show at the time would have been you know just some advertising income and you know i i just I don't know. It, it just wasn't something that was appealing to me. I, again, I was podcasting as a hobby at the time, so I wasn't interested in the income from it. I was making good money as an insurance agent, and so I didn't need the money. And uh, and and it it just wasn't something that I was interested in. So when I saw the contract, I I I, I wanted to make sure that I remained independent. That that was I definitely came around and said, you know what, this is my show. I I never want anybody to be put in the front. I, I never wanted. And another thing I didn't want is um, some of the advertisers they had at the time were advertisers that eh, I didn't, you know, didn't care for. I, a matter of fact, right after I had turned it down, I think about two months later, they started doing an entire ad campaign so, in such that, you know, if you didn't, if they didn't have a sponsor for your show at that moment in time, they would actually put in this thing that says, uh, help our show suck less. And it was called the suck less um, you know, uh, campaign. And it's like, that's, that, there's no way I'd want any of that stuff in my show. And I, and of course I wasn't able to, to turn down, you know, certain advertisers at will. And, and, and of course I'm sure I could have, I mean, they, 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 I'm sure they would have made concessions, but I didn't want to have to go through that hassle. I always want to be in control of what content goes in my show or what doesn't go in my show. And I don't want anybody at all to tell me what I can or cannot do when it comes to my podcasts. And, and so I, I didn't sign up with them. Now, um, when I decided to go into podcasting full-time as my career in September of 2007, I made that decision. I gave myself 90 days to figure out how to get my business set up. And on January 1st, 2008, I started this career full-time doing podcasting and new media. And at that time, I decided that I was going to make all my income from podcast, podcast consulting. You know, that's where I was going to make my income. Now I had all these shows that I was doing, but at the time it's, I, it was just like, you know what? I just do these shows because I love them. And, and it's like, you know, somebody said, find something you love to do so much that you'd be willing to do it all day long for free and then become so excellent at doing that. And people would be willing to pay you to do it. And so I followed that principle, but I just, I still, I wanted to create content for free and make it available for free to the world. And I said, you know what, if I make some money on, on my content, that's great. As a matter of fact, it would be nice because, you know, it takes a lot of time to produce these few shows that I produce each week. And uh, I went to a conference. It was PodCamp Boston 2. And there I was approached by uh, a, a gentleman who happened to be the vice president of, of marketing for a particular podcast network called Podango. Now, here's the thing. I want you to do this sometime whenever you get a chance. Go type in podango.com, all right? And that is P-O-D-A-N-G-O.com, podango.com. 
com. And I'll tell you what, um, you could probably just walk away from your computer for five or six minutes or however long it takes before your, your browser will give up and, and time out and say, oh, sorry, we couldn't find anything there. Well, that's because Podango went bankrupt a couple years ago. And I was just about to sign with them. Matter of fact, their contract, they had actually even adjusted their contract for me um they adjusted you know i I was i was again this i was they had you know anybody could have joined padango but they actually offered me one of these um you know top tier network you know that i would have been one of the top tier um you know providers on their network and i think it was something where we had negotiated where i would get 70 percent income they would only keep 30 percent and so things were looking pretty good we had we cleared out a lot of the wording in there and and then right before i was getting ready to sign with them the there was one conversation i had with doug who was the vice president and uh, he says, you know, you know, one thing I would like to talk to you about is, you know, you've got all these different shows. And I think at the time I probably had, you know, five or six shows. And he says, you know, have you ever considered, you know, putting, you know, putting some of those shows, you know, all for, for a while and focusing just on one show and building the one show? Because I think we would be we would be. Uh, we would have a better opportunity of getting you a sponsor for a show that had 150,000 subscribers than getting you uh, sponsors for smaller shows that just had a couple thousand subscribers each. And that threw major red flags in into my uh, uh, in, uh, to me. And it basically made me think, it's like, wait a second. So basically they're saying, unless I have an audience of 150,000, they're really not even going to pursue sponsors for my show. And if I bring a sponsor, then there was a whole different, you know, uh, percentage, but still they were going to get a percentage if I actually brought a sponsor myself. So I didn't have any confidence at that point that they were going to be willing to try to get me a sponsor unless I had a very large, um, uh, audience, uh, and we're talking about tens of thousands. And, uh, if I had anything smaller than that, then, then I would probably be the one finding the sponsors and I have to share my commission, you know, the, the commission on that with them. And, and it's like, no, that's no, I'm done. I, I don't want you to tell me that I need to focus on one show more than another. I don't want, I don't want your input on that at all. I just want to create content. And if you can find me sponsors, that's what I was looking for. It doesn't appear to me like you're going to be able to do that. All right. And so so I actually backed out at the very last minute. I, I actually had the signed contracts that were in an envelope. They were actually sealed and I was about ready to put it in the mail. We had that conversation and I pulled it out. I tore it up and I called him and let him know. Um, and, and that's why I didn't do it. Now, I'm thankful that I didn't do it because uh, you know it was, I think, about eight or nine months later, they went bankrupt. Uh, and so, um, you know, I'm very thankful that I didn't do that. Now, why am I not with uh, Blueberry? Well, at this point, you know, I had decided I want to, I want to, I want to focus on my content. And I found that, you know, my business, while I was focusing so much on building my podcast consulting business, I was not producing as much content as I, as I used to. And I hated that. It's like, well, wait a second. I want to, I wanted to go into podcasting full time so I could spend more time producing content. And now I'm producing just as much as before. And, and, and I'm doing all this consulting work, which, which I love. You know, I love doing consulting work more than I do insurance, but still I'm not producing the content as much. And so um, I, I was sharing this on a show that I was doing that I do called uh, Pursuing a Balanced Life over at PursuingABalancedLife.com. And my audience says, Cliff, why don't you consider charging for your content? 
And so I started thinking about that. And I was like, you know what? I, I wonder if anybody would be interested. And so I, I kind of threw the idea out there. And about 40 or 50 people said, yeah, I'd pay you. And I, then I heard about this guy named Dan Class, who talked about the fact that he did this show called The Bitterest Pill. And he has one single podcast. And what he did was he says, listen, I'm going to turn this. I'm going to start only producing one episode a month for free. But for $2 a month, you get an episode every week, just like normal. Well, I had shows that I was producing every so now, every now and then, and uh, I had more shows on my mind that I wanted to do, but I didn't have the time to focus on them. And so I said, wait a second, what if I created this thing called Plus Membership, and for $10 a month, you become a Plus member, and um, I'm going to make a lot of my content for free. There's some, some of my shows will always remain free, and other shows will, um, you know, there, you'll get one episode a month guaranteed for free. And then if, you know, there'll be a weekly show done and you'll have access to all of them. But for $10 a month, you get access to every show of every episode of every show I produce. And so that became plus membership. And that's what I have today. And I've had it for the last three years. And last year, um, you know, it, it made a sign. It, it added up to that and a couple sponsorships added up to one third of my income in 2010. And so uh, it's been working for me. Now, I, I am thinking about doing some things differently moving forward. Nothing I'm willing to share right now, but um, but be listening to me over the next one to three weeks. And you might be hearing some exciting things about uh, my plus membership. So uh, all I can say is stay tuned for those announcements uh, once I've made once I've made some decisions in that area. But here's the deal. I, I decided, you know what? I wasn't going to pursue another network. I wasn't going to pursue anybody else because I have my own network of podcasts. And, and by golly, there's nobody out there. There's no sales. There's no marketing. There's no PR department. There's nobody out there who knows my audience the way that I do and nobody who is a pa- as passionate about my shows as I am. And I'm a salesperson. I like to sell things. And so I figure, you know what? I don't need to actually uh, have somebody else go out and find a sponsor for me. I'll go find a sponsor for myself. I'll work out the deals and I'll convince them why it's worth it to sponsor the shows that I do. And I've been able to do that um, on actually on every occasion that I've tried. I've successfully nailed down every sponsor. Um, and so it, it's never I've never been turned down for a sponsorship. And I've only approached, I think, four people for it. And, uh, you know, my most successful one ever has been, um, familyfromtheheart.com. Go check this out. If you, if you get a chance sometime, go to mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com slash G-S-P-N. Just type that into your browser someday. Uh, M-A-R-D-E-L.com slash G-S-P-N. That is a corporate website with my branding all over that page. In fact, there's a picture of me and my wife there. It's totally awesome. And they've been a sponsor for three years, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, and then, of course, the Virtual Assistant Podcast had a sponsor with, for that show for nine months. And they actually, believe it or not, were very upset to hear that I was going to end the podcast, that I was not going to renew them for a third time, or yeah, for a, renew for a third time with them uh, because I, I didn't feel I didn't want to do the show anymore. Uh, so yeah, I definitely, um, getting a sponsor, I knew I could get myself and I don't like advertising, uh, like CPM, this cost per thousand. 
I shared uh, in last week's episode, if you go back to episode 190, I talked to you, you know, talk, we talked about the New York Times episode where it says, you know, Leo Laporte with his, I think, you know, I don't know if it was 51 or $50 per thousand uh, downloads is the highest, you know, is among the highest in the industry. And I shared with you in last episode that for both of my sponsors, both for Virtual Assistant Podcast and Family from the Heart, my CPM on that is over two hundred dollars for every thousand listener or for every down, th- thousand downloads. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I I figure I can actually sell myself better, sell sell myself and sell my content and sell my. Uh, a relationship, you know, and, and I don't want to say like selling, like selling out, but I can actually convince somebody of the value of of being a sponsor of something that I that I'm working on, something that I'm passionate about, something where I'm building real, authentic relationships with somebody, and so that's why I never decided to sign up for a a, a network. Number one. Uh, the biggest benefit of a network is, you know, sometimes the CPM, they'll give you a, a certain amount of money per thousand downloads. And the other one is that, you know, you get a little cross promotion or something like that. I, you know, I just, I built my own network that, so for me, I, I just, I wanted to be independent. I want to be in complete, utter control. I don't ever want to have, and, and I know that Blueberry out of all of them has, gives you the most control of your own stuff, but it's still, I, I just don't want CPM. I don't need that extra promotion of some banner ads and stuff like that. I don't want another site out there with my content on it that I don't fully 100% control. I am a control freak and I wanted to be in charge of myself and all my content and doing all that stuff. So there we go. Alrighty. Uh, and speaking about relationships with your audience, that's where we're going to turn to Chris. Chris, take it away. Hey, this is Chris from Obsessive Comics Disorder calling with a question for the podcast Answer Man. Recently, I've been trying to take your advice and not focus so much on the quantity of the listeners I have, but focus on the quality of my connections to those listeners. Lately, however, I've been having a hard time getting my listeners to respond back. I make sure to tell them all the various places they can talk to me. I even have a section of my show dedicated to answering questions people have about comic books as it's a hobby that can confuse people when they first start. When I do happen to get a question, I even make sure to email the person back after a few weeks to see if I've answered their question. Lastly, I've even done a couple of live shows in the hope of getting some listener feedback that way. So what would you recommend, and what other suggestions would you have to entice listeners to interact? Thanks, and I love your show. Bye. All right, Chris, thank you so much. What a valuable question, especially as much as I believe in building a relationship with your audience, your existing audience, and and the idea of focusing, you know, oftentimes, you know, one of the most common questions that I used to get, and I don't get it as much anymore because I think people listen to my podcast before they ask me questions, uh, and and so they they know this about me, but uh, a question that used to come in every single time I talked with somebody was, how do I grow my audience? I only have X number of listeners. And that that just bugs me. And I don't care if X number of listeners is 40 people. Gosh, you got 40 people listening to you every week. I, You know what? That's still, uh, that's that's more than most pastors in the United States have as far as uh, congregants that listen to their sermons that they spend hours and hours and hours on every week on their Sunday sermons. So, so if you've got 40 people listening to you every week, that's awesome stuff. That's awesome. And in fact, if you can build a relationship with those 40 people, look out. 
some amazing things can happen. And I really believe if you build a relationship with those individuals who are listening to your show, who are passionate about your topic, then um, the the word of mouth will start happening. Um, now, your your question is is okay. You know, I'm getting you know I, every now and then you get some feedback, and it just doesn't seem you know that any real relationships happen. Now, one of the things that you said there was, you know, after I do get a thing and I answered on the show, after a couple of weeks, I I emailed them to to ask them if I answered everything, you know, the way that you know that that they like the answer. Well, I can't imagine waiting a couple of weeks to respond to an email. For for example, uh, here's what I want to tell you to do, and oh my gosh, no, I don't want to tell you to do this. It it'll kill me. Uh, but here's the here's the deal. I will say this, and 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 just please bear with me and and don't flood my inbox. But I will tell you this: I respond to every single email that comes into my inbox. Now, if you send me a question about podcasting and it says, and, and the phrase quick question will probably be in there, uh, chances are you're going to get an explanation on why I can't answer that question via email, but I will, you know, you know, respond to you and, 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 and I will be Curtis and, and hopefully over time, you know, if we interact, we will build a relationship. Now, the thing is, though, is I'm in a place where I'm five years into this and I'm receiving 40 to 100 plus emails per day. And, and so I have, I have to be very careful about how much time I spend in my email inbox. And so, so you know, I, I do want to respond to every single person. I, I, don't have any hope, I don't have any hopes or plans to stop doing that. All right. So if you email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com, you will get a response. It may be short and it may not be an answer to a question, uh, but it will probably suggest that, you know, if you have a question, I'm available for one-on-one consulting at, a, you know, my current rate, which may be going up soon. Uh, and, you know, I tell what that rate is. And then, of course, um, you know, you could basically... Um, you could basically get a voicemail response and stuff like that. And Daniel's asking if I do automatic responses to my email. No, every email that you get from me is a personal email from me. Now, I will tell you that depending on what your question is or something like that, uh, I do use a program called Text Expander that will allow me to type in a couple keystrokes and it'll put an entire paragraph in. But I'm choosing specifically for you how to build that email, and I do respond to everybody. Um, I just don't answer everybody's questions regarding you know consulting kind of questions and and feedback. Uh, and and by, by the way, it went terribly bad for me. Just I, I shared if you go back to episode number one ninety of Podcast Answer Man, listen to, to the last like uh, forty five seconds as the music was ending last week, and I shared with you how how horrible it went uh, when when I, I I shared with somebody I I, I spent I spent uh, I listened I spent twenty minutes listening to about two minutes of audio from somebody's podcast. And he asked me for some uh, honest feedback. I gave him some honest feedback, and he got upset that I only listened to two minutes of his show. And I'm like, seriously? I, and, and the value, the information that I gave him was extremely valuable. And people have actually paid me three hundred dollars to evaluate their entire episode by just listening to one or two of their episodes, and they pay me three hundred dollars to to give them a one hundred point evaluation of their podcast. Uh, and and here I gave him three points that r- would radically improve his show. And I took two minutes to listen to the audio and I took about a total of 20 minutes total on his one email and he got mad at me. And I'll be honest with you, I got mad. I was upset and 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 it hurt. 
you know, the, you know, here I, I should have just emailed and said, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, I'm not able to do that. I really appreciate it. If you want, here's a, you know, a link to a digital product. No, I didn't do that. I am anyway, and I, I, I'm, I'm almost over it, by the way, I'm almost over it. Um, so anyway, here's, here's where were we going? How do I build relationships? So, so, but here's the deal. Um, Chris, you sound like you're in a different you know, point in your journey than I am. And I want to tell you this. If, if, if I were just starting out, if I were just starting out and somebody called or sent me an email with a question, guess what I'm going to do? I am going to take that email and I am going to respond to it. If it, let's just say if that email was, um, you know, four or five sentences and it was a question about something related to the topic for which I would podcast about, I'm going to tell you right now, if I were just starting out and I really wanted to build some relationships with people, this is what I would do. I would write an email that is at least three to five times in, a, in length as a response to that email as quickly as I can. Um, so if that email, if I saw that email came in 15 minutes ago and I just saw that in my inbox, by golly, I want to hit reply immediately. I want to read it and I want to take a, I want to take about five, 10, maybe 15 minutes to thoroughly answer that person's question. And then I will take, I'll say, Hey, and by the way, I I'm looking forward to sharing this on the show. Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. And I would actually do something that would instigate a response to my response to that email. And this is where we start dialogue. And that's where relationships begin. It relationships begin with dialogue, with the back and forth, back and forth. And so, and then of course, since I've already taken 15 to 20 minutes to formulate the answer, I just copy and paste that email that I sent to him in the show note, into my preparation for the show notes. And then I go to the show and I read the question and I read the answer. Now, I don't do it in the way that I sound like I'm scripted as if I am reading this message that I wrote in this email. No, kind of, you know, basically you want to, um, you, you want to, you want to um, just share the information that you've shared, but I, yeah. If if I were if I were hard pressed to have relationships with my audience, I would respond as quickly as possible to any email that comes in, and I would respond as thorough as possible, showing that you genuinely care about that person and try to get to know as much about that person as you can. So answer every question with at least one or two of your own questions. Hey, how did you find me? You know, you know, what caused you to, you know, look for this podcast? You know, what do you, you know, are, have you, how long have you been reading comic books? You know, get, get that person, incite that person to respond to you. And then back and forth, back and forth, you will eventually build a relationship. All right. So, um, and, and so, yeah, that, that would be my recommendation. Of course, um, you know, if somebody leaves me a voicemail, I love the fact that my voicemail tells me the caller ID of the people who are calling. Now, I would never just pick up the phone and just call somebody out of the blue. But there are some people over a couple times they've called and left a voice message and they've called enough to where it's like I almost know them. <laughs> and certainly they listen to my podcast enough that they certainly know who I am. And so occasionally I'll see a voicemail like just pop in. And I'll pick up the phone and I will dial the phone number on the caller ID and I'll say, hey, uh, you know, hey, Chris, since that's who's called in. And I'll say, hey, Chris, I, I want to, uh, you know, say thank you for calling in your latest question. Uh, I just heard it. And by the way, let me give you an answer of what you're looking for right now because I have some free time and I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm driving in the car or whatever the case may be. And and by the way, uh, you know, just want to say thank you for all the questions. It just, just really 
thank them. And, and it's like, and then by the end of that call, encourage them, you know, ask them, it's like, Hey, you know, would you mind doing me a favor? Will you tell me something, you know, will you send me something and, and ask them to send you a note in the mail? And, and then you continue that conversation on so you can grab their email address and you can, you can, again, dialogue and build relationship, dialogue and build relationship. By golly, if you leave a comment on my blog, I'm going to respond and I'm going to, and I will respond on the blog. And I'll also, I'll also be responding to you um, via email as well. And, and so to engage your audience is, is a passion. It, it, it comes from a passion to want to get to know. It, it comes from, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's book, Crush It. One of my favorite chapters, the entire chapter is one word, care. Care about those people. And I will tell you, when you can care and genuinely care to get to know people, then then your audience will grow. So somebody asked in the chat room, you know, is this person that asks this question, are they looking to grow their audience or engage, you know, to get more engagement with the listener? And I think the answer, and I know the answer, the answer is more engagement. But I think the more you engage and build relationships with your audience, your your audience will grow. Of course, there are there are a ton of other things you can do to grow the audience. But I'm telling you, there, the, if you want to engage, you have to care. And when you care, you'll go out of your way to build relationships. And I want to tell you right now, I'm in a place where it hurts to care. I am. It 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 literally pains me to respond to an email that somebody writes me when it's two or three paragraphs in length and I respond with four or five sentences. It pains me to do that because I do care. It pains me when somebody says, oh, I'm sorry, I can't afford your hourly rate. It pains me when somebody says, I can't even afford you know, your digital product that's you know, one-third the cost of your, your, your consulting. And it pains me when I say, I'm sorry, you know, you know, I, the only thing I can say is maybe you know, listen to this podcast episode or call me on the voicemail fo- feedback hotline and I'll try to get it into a show within the next three or four weeks, uh, but I can't make any promises. It pains me to do that because I care, and I really wish I could spend, I mean, it sounds crazy, but I care enough. I wish I could spend all day long, every day, answering two to 300 emails a day where every, every email I could spend, you know, 45 minutes answering. I would love that, but it's not possible. It's not possible. So, uh, just warning if you do start caring <laughs> just know it becomes painful when when it's not scalable uh but but still you you find ways and and i just want to say thank you god my father for providing inspiration to the people who created the program called text expander he, it is awesome and thank you for my mac too by the way and thank you for my audience and thank you chris for calling in the question so next i'm going to uh, uh pull up chris, um gene who has a question about um, the launch, and I'm not quite sure what he's asking, so let's see what this says. Hi, Cliff. This is Gene in Houston, Texas. I uh, guess I'm calling about the Podcast Answer Man show. I've clicked on your link, and I've set up hosting with Bluehost, and I've got my domain name registered, wideworldoftrees.com, and I'm playing with this WordPress theme. And I've got a question about launches. I don't think I really have the concept of the launch I uh, figured out. I don't think I've got my brain wrapped around it. Uh, I've found a number of things like 25 surefire tips for a successful blog launch and 
preparing for a launch and, you know, hot tips for a successful launch. I'm not really finding anything for the mechanics of a launch. Like, for example, you know, I've got all these plugins and widgets and, and buttons and like this and Facebook this and Twit this and FeedBurner this and sign up here for an email subscription, and it's all sitting there, and I've got like 90 blog postings just ready so to go. But when I click on it, it's just there. It's my website. So should I put up something like under construction? I, I, I downloaded a theme that says stay tuned and, and uh, click here to get email updates about the upcoming uh, release. But I'm afraid that if I, if I activate that theme, then all those widgets and customizations that I did on my website are going to go away. So how do I blank out my, my website uh, blog while I'm you know, putting the final touches on it? And, you know, how long should I wait? I'm almost there. And uh, some basic questions like that. I was scrolling through the archives, and maybe I just missed it, and you probably covered this in another podcast. Anyway, love the show. It's, uh, it's great. Uh, you and Andy Traub are, are really useful and helpful. Thank you very much. And uh, a Happy New Year in advance. Today is uh, December 30th. Bye. All right, Gene, thank you very much for your submitted question on the voicemail feedback hotline at 859-795-4067. And uh, by the way, I just want to say if you customize the, you know, you fully customize and deck out your theme uh, for your WordPress installation, and then after you've finished working on it for a couple hours and you want to switch over to that under construction theme, you know, coming soon, blah, blah, blah. You just go into WordPress under themes and you hit, you know, activate the other theme. And all that customization that you did will still be kept and secured under your theme that is your actual theme. Now, when it comes to this whole, the semantics and all the, the, you know, the aspects of the launch you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, there. It's to me that sounds like internet marketing speak, which uh, I know that I'm become. I am qu- quite aware of the fact that I'm speaking a lot more internet marketing speak myself these days with the power of the list and and uh, affiliate marketing and and stuff like that. I I just don't understand the product launch. I, I don't. I'm not going to say anything bad about it. I, I just going to tell you I don't understand it. I've never had a quote unquote product launch. I've never had a quote unquote podcast launch. I just decide I want to do a podcast and by golly I just go launch the thing. Um in fact, uh, check it out. We've got balancedlivingweekly.com uh and and we have a show we've been doing balanced living weekly. We've been doing the show and we've got uh we've got several thousand subscribers to Balanced Living Weekly. And I still don't even have a website for it yet. We're still putting it on on uh, BiggestLoserPodcast.com. I say don't let your website get in the way of producing content. Just just put it out there. And by the way, there are times when I'll create a website for a podcast that I'm thinking about starting. And and by golly, I may not actually ever, by the time I actually go to you know do that podcast, I may have lost passion for it and just never do it. I don't care. I, it, it, it doesn't bother me. I, so what? Go, check this out. Go and go pull up this trust, or this website, uh, worthsavingfor.com. I'm going to pull that up right now. Again, that is worthsavingfor. That's worthsavingfor.com. 
Go check it out. There, there's nothing going on there. In fact, I, I want. Let's see here. Worthsavingfor.com. It's weird. It didn't pull up. Okay, yeah, there it is. So there you go. It, it's check it out. It just says stay tuned, and there's nothing there on that site except for just a standard. Uh, it's actually just the standard WordPress theme, and I never have done anything with it. It's out there. But it's not a big deal. It's it's not a big deal because I'm not promoting it anywhere. Now, is it possible that some people will come across Google and they'll see an unfinished site and they'll say, "Ah, oh, what's this?" Yeah, well, you know what? No big deal. They see, stay tuned. That you know, put a little message on the front page that says, "Hey, I'm building this thing. I don't expect it to you know officially be launched until such and such." I don't even do that. Uh, I wonder if I did the, the about this site on this. Let me see if I if I put in yeah you know, I did yeah it says details about this site will be coming soon. Well, that was posted. Uh, well, I can tell you when it was posted. Hold on, I'll tell you. If I go back, it was posted July thirty first, two thousand ten. Guess what? I lost passion for that project, and I and I probably won't even do anything with it. Um, I may actually just let the the domain expire or whatever. But the the thing is, is that when I'm ready to launch something, I just launch it and I just put it online. I don't I don't I'm not too worried. So I'm sorry I don't have any more information on the mechanics of a quote-unquote launch. I just say get your website up and and put some content on it, even if it's just a welcome page, even if it's just a little explanation of what you're doing and how you're planning it. And, and at the very least, if you are passionate about it and you are working on it, why not just create a blog uh, category on your WordPress site and let that be the front page of your site and every day that you work on something actually say hey today's uh, today this is what I accomplished on this site I'm building this I'm doing this I researched this I read this book and just just chronicle or journal your entry of creating this brand that you're working on why not let people see it as you're building it? I, I mean, that's one thing I could do. I can tell you right now, when I started PodcastAnswerMan.com in December of 2006, this site, my site looked like crud. It was, it was a horrible looking site. It was pitiful. And my audio quality was just okay. And to be honest with you, I didn't, it's like, you know, I was just starting things out. You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to do this. I sound a lot better today than I did then. But you know what? I still got out there. I just created something and I didn't care. And you know what? There's old content out there that, that to be honest with you, is a little embarrassing and blah, blah, blah. It's, I don't take it out. It, it's still there. Just leave it. Let people see your progress. Let's see, let people see you grow. You're, just, just put your site online. I wouldn't worry about activating another theme unless you really have some kind of thing that you have to hide. And if you're afraid that somebody's going to steal your idea, yeah, I have I have other thoughts on that as well. But I, I'll leave those kind of thoughts to my friend Dan Miller, and uh, who says, you know, people, you know, ideas aren't worth anything. It's only the action you put behind them. And uh, so, I, I anyway, that's a, for a whole nother podcast. If I disagree. Uh, or if if I decide to do my other podcast, but Gene, I don't I don't really have any advice for you on a launch other than just create something, create a website, start building it, let the world see it as it's being built. If 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 they happen to come across it, but chances are you're going to get very little to next to no traffic if you're a brand new site, and you really won't get anything until you start doing things to actively promote it. 
That's my own personal opinion. There's probably a ton of people out there who completely disagree with me, but those are my initial thoughts just based upon what I heard in your voicemail. All right, moving along, I'm going to move over to Daniel. Now, Daniel had a, dec- uh, had a I think, a poor connection, and some of the audio kind of drops out there. But uh, the good note, the good news is, is that, um, and uh, I love it. Randy's in the chat room, and he, I completely agree exactly what he says. Here's here's the mechanics of your launch in two easy steps. Number one, create a product. Number two, launch. That's exactly it. And the thing is, is that um, I think what gets what people are getting hung up on is that they feel like their website has to be perfect or their product has to be perfect. I'm going to tell you right now, podcast, my, one of my most successful products, if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash products, one of my most successful products that I have is called uh, WordPress for podcasters. It is a great product and it's worth every single penny you'll pay for it. And it will help you shave weeks or months off of your learning curve of podcasting. Guaranteed. I guarantee you that. But here's the deal. Um, you know, some things have changed since then. And I'm looking forward to hopefully spending some time tomorrow to re-record some new content for that and and to update it. And it's going to look a lot better. But you know what? I'm not going to let the fact that, that, you know, that old stuff isn't the best. I'm not going to take it offline. It's online. People still buy it and they still love it. The only thing is, is guess what? If you've bought that product and once I finish the new and approved, the highly revised, and this is the this is the latest and greatest and ease of use of how to do things today based upon these new things I've learned, guess what? You bought that one in the past, you're going to get the updates, the updated information for free because that's how I am. You know, you get you get to see it. Anyway, I love that. Randy, thanks. It's easy steps. Create a product launch. All right, moving along. Here's Daniel's question. Go ahead. Hi, Cliff. This is Daniel from Chicago. And uh, I'm leaving you some feedback for podcast Answer Man. Uh, I have a question about um, uh, podcasting awards and um, receive them. Uh, I've had uh, a podcast for uh, coming up on January 7th will be the one year anniversary of 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 the, the, the uh, special Chronicles podcast. So I'll, I'll, I was just wondering um, about. Uh, since it's the beginning of 2011, um, how we can uh, um, sign up for uh, awards and uh, and um, how that um, works. Uh, and uh, uh, one last thing, it was uh, great to meet you at the Catholic New Media Celebration in Boston, uh, and both at the meet and greet and at the uh, the. So I wish and, and as well as at Catholic TV uh, on, on the Sunday. So uh, look forward to hearing uh, you answer and take care and God bless. All right, Daniel, thank you so much for calling in. And by the way, Daniel's in my chat room here today. And folks, you can check out his podcast at specialchronicles.com. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's actually the second time Daniel's called into to Podcast Answer Man, if not the third. So uh, I want to say thank you for that, Daniel. And uh, so his question there, and I know his audio dropped out just a little bit, but uh, his question is, um, you know, podcast awards, you know, should we care about them? And if if we do, you know, how do we get a podcast award? How do we go about getting one of these things? Well, um, there have been, I think probably it's, it. I, I think that Blueberry or, um, yeah, I think it's Blueberry. No, they, call, they go by Raw Voice is their actual corporate name blueberry is the network uh but it's all the same it's all blueberry is is done by raw voice 
anyway, whatever the case, we Todd Cochran would be able to tell you because he's the guy behind it all and, and stuff like that. But here's the deal. Um, let's see here. Um, what was I saying? I, I got distracted by the chat room. I'm doing this thing live today, so bear with me. Um, yeah, so podcast awards. There we go. Todd Cochran. So these podcast awards have been around for the last, I don't know, five years or so. And, and I'll tell you, as far as I'm concerned, I used to be really concerned about them because I had a, I had a sizable enough audience that I could actually get into the runnings if I really decided to. But here's, here's, here's my thoughts on podcast awards. And then I might get myself in trouble with some friends, but I really don't care about them anymore. I don't. I, I really don't care about podcast awards. Um, back in the day when, when, uh, there was the new media, Sell, or the there there was the podcast and new or actually it was the podcast expo and then it became the podcast and new media expo and then they stopped doing that and, and they sold everything off to blog world and uh and i tell you what when i i think that when podcast expo first got started and they were doing the podcast awards at podcast expo and people were actually showing up at podcast expo I could see myself really, you know, you know, feeling great about getting an award and and being in front of all my peers and all of this other stuff and and stuff and and the community was in a, in a place where yeah we knew every you know we knew everybody and today I just I just don't think that it's all that important. I mean here's here's the situation. There's there's only what I don't know. 12, 14 categories. And for each of those categories, there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of podcasts, uh, that, that would be, an you know, uh, would be eligible for those categories to be there. And they only pick the f- top, what, five or six or something. I have no idea. But, uh, and, and then of course what you have to do is it, you know, you get nominated. The way you get nominated is that you're, People have to actually for podcastawards.com, I think is the website address. I'm not even sure anymore. But anyway, uh, and by the way, I used to sponsor the podcast awards. Uh, podcast one year I did. I used to all the time. No, one year I sponsored podcastawards.com and uh, and paid to actually have my banner up the top and and I got some clicks back to my site. And I would say sponsoring podcast awards was probably a whole lot more did a whole lot more for my traffic than to be nominated. And one year I had six of my podcasts nominated for awards. Now, I didn't win any awards, but I know how I could have won them if I wanted to, but I chose not to. And, I'm, and, and, and in my opinion, there, you know, you get, um, you get, uh, you get just as much out of being nominated than you do winning. Uh, and that is the fact that people are actually looking, the people who go to vote for the awards, they look at the categories and they check out some of the other shows. And if you've been nominated, you've got all the, all the perks that you can out of being on these things. And so how you get nominated is you have to have, you have to have to have to have an audience that's, uh, engaged enough to actually respond to your request to nominate you. The problem is, is if you have a show and let's just say you have a hundred people listening to your show and 50 of those people would nominate you if you asked them to, well, the thing is, you got to tell them all to nominate you for the same category. If you know, if twenty nominates you for general, and twenty nominates you for business, and twenty de- nominates you for technology, well, guess what? They've just you got to band them all together. They all have to be in the same place. The thing is, is nominations you can only nominate 
your for categories once. And so they have to make, you know, when somebody's nominating podcasts, they have to nominate them all at the same time. And so if somebody says, you know what, I really, I don't really only, I really only care about so-and-so's podcast. I'm just going to go nominate them. Well, if they've nominated another podcast and then they hear you ask for a nomination, well, guess what? They, they might want to nominate for you. They can't because they've already submitted their nomination and they forfeit their ability to nominate him. It's so, it's so crazy. I, I don't like that. And so the other thing is, is that, um, you know, you win, uh, or, or to, to win, you have to, people have to vote every single day or they, you know, have the opportunity to vote every single day for so many days. And that means your audience, you have to have that engaged audience. You have to be asking them for a favor every day. Go vote for me. Go vote for me. Go vote for me. And you know what? I did that one year and I got lots of votes and I came very close to winning several awards. But you know what? In the end, I didn't win an award. And what I did is I asked, I I called in a ton of favors. And I hate that I called in a ton of favors for something that really didn't do much for me other than a potentially boost my ego and and when i look back at it i'm like why did i even care about these awards nobody would have cared if i won the award except for me i am glad that i got nominated and at least being nominated i only had to ask the people to do the the favor for me once and so if you have a large enough audience and you can get them all together and and right around the nomination time, you can get them bef- your audience to nominate you before they have missed up and nominated somebody else without nominating you in the right category. But if you can get about 20 people, I-, I can tell you right now, if you if you get just 20 people to nominate you for the same category, then you probably will get nominated. And as far as that, I wouldn't even bother to ask your audience to vote for you. Because you're going to get all the, the main benefit of, of being nominated is that people are going to find you as a result of being nominated in that category when they're looking for other shows that they might like. Those are my thoughts. So there you go. And by golly, here I am. Crazy me. An hour already. Ah, Sorry, folks. And so with that, I am going to just say thank you so much for listening to Podcast Answer Man. I'm going to just play the shorter music here. I'm going to ask you if you enjoy this content, why not consider becoming a gspn.tv plus member? Head over to gspn.tv slash plus. And of course, you can also check out my video training tutorials, which are a fraction of what it costs me to hire me full time to help you one on one. You can find those at podcastanswerman.com slash products. Of course, if you want some help one on one to help you uh, create a blog and podcast uh, for your WordPress for your podcast that you want to launch and you want to have it done quickly and without any issues down the road, uh, give me an email, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. I'm out of here. See you next week. God bless you all. Bye-bye.